All right, what's going on? Welcome to Canel and Bell. No longer off the bench. Whoa, just Canel and Bell. I almost said it, but oh, new logo, new same. name on the show. Uh, hanging out here on a, what day is it? Tuesday? It is summertime, so I get a little bit, you know, just kind of off kilter a little bit because I'm used to Saturday's football, Sunday's football, Monday. Right, right, right. And then, you know, summertime, it's just everything is off the rails a little bit. I did get out this morning, got a little uh, sunrise jog on the Dude, beach. Really? You're making yeah. me feel terrible. I'm trying, man. I got to get the summer beach bod. It's already too late. Like, it's 100 degrees oh, yeah, outside. Yeah. I'm and, working uh, on my fall bod now. Like, there's the whole <laughs> right. A little bit behind the scene there. Uh, we're going to talk some hockey as the Stanley Cup final is even at 2-2 apiece. Our buddy Pete Blackburn will join Join us with that. OTAs, uh-huh. should you attend or shouldn't you? I think the answer is fairly obvious. Correct. And Not mandatory. Kawhi Leonard versus Nike as we break that down a little bit later in the you show. You know what I noticed today? Yeah. Um, I don't know if this was done on purpose, if this is an indictment on how bad I am at reading the news in 90. <laughs> Uh, or not. how bad I am at like actual punctuation and knowing when to pause and stop. Yep. But my new like news in ninety rundowns, they're like huge spaces. Do you see that? That's Where good for you because I just butchered mine because it wasn't spaced out. Right. But I wonder if they did this because I didn't ask for it. If they were right. like, like, he's just terrible at that. Let's help <laughs> him was, out. They were there was a pity party. Yeah. They said, oh, I wonder. Got to help uh, Raja. Anyway, read between the lines. All right. Uh, if you're a sports fan. You love having the GOAT discussion, right? Is it right. LeBron James? Is it Michael Jordan? Is it Tom Brady? Is it Joe Montana? Yeah. Well, there is a new GOAT of game shows, and his name is James Holzhauer. I, I don't think you can call him the GOAT, bro. Well, hold on a second. Even though he did not overtake Ken Jennings, who was the previous GOAT of Jeopardy. But that that is the only criteria for GOAT. Oh, that really? Is, oh, is there you really? Have to overtake the oh, really? old GOAT. How do you become really? the GOAT if you haven't dethroned the old GOAT? All right. How many... All right, so let's get into this. So Jeopardy James, James Holzhauer, was oh so close to surpassing Ken Jennings for total prize money. The episode that he was most likely going to pass him would have been last night's episode. Oh, you're... He had to get to 2.5-something uh, uh-huh. and change. Uh-huh. He gets knocked out. It was an outstanding game. I watched it, although I didn't. I already knew the outcome because some idiots put it out yesterday before it was really across the country where the news was out. I was really not happy about that. Um, let me ask a question: Who yeah. is the who is the greatest of all time in basketball? MJ. How many how many titles does he have? Six. How many does Bill Russell have? They were there were seven teams in the NBA when Bill. Well, was I, I'm just saying, but there was lesser competition on Jeopardy at the oh, time when Ken Jennings that's, was that's, dominating. That's not factual. James Holzhauer. The most accurate answer ever on the show. 97% clip, which he answered his questions with. Did he really? That's impressive. 97 of the questions. That's pretty impressive. He owns the top 16 single-day scores and 23 of the top 27 of all time. That includes Ken Jennings. That's tough. He set the single-game record with $131,000 in one game. The only categories he doesn't have Ken Jennings are the overall win streak. Ken Jennings okay. is supposed to double that at 74 Doubled games. it, bro. He doubled it. But it's not even close when you look at these dudes. Now, I think what we need to happen, and this should be happening behind closed doors right now if you are smart at all. And I'm assuming Jeopardy has some pretty smart people that run the show, the producers, executive producers, and such. You have to have a primetime, live, 
Jeopardy James versus Ken Jennings showdown for all the marbles and the title of GOAT. It would just be a two-man Jeopardy, or is there a third person that might be in the conversation? I don't want any distractions. You just I don't want, want anybody else. I don't want the librarian that beat Jeopardy James. I mean, although she did play a pretty good game, but she's got a long way to go. I'm sure there's a third person in the earnings title. There's somebody else that might be worthy, but I would rather see these two head-to-head. I feel like that's like he's like a bright star that just shot across the sky, burned out real fast when, when um, what's the other dude's name? Jane, Jane, Ken Jennings? Ken Jennings. Yeah. There was longevity in that. It was sustained. Yes, it was, but it, it was, was, it was, he didn't take as much it was a risk. career. So by there was a career made out of that. Out. You know what this is like? What? This is like the dude that plays on a really bad team and <laughs> oh, they no. give him the ball and he averages 30 on a really bad team and everybody's like, oh my God, let's give him the max. He goes somewhere else and he's an 11 point a game score for the rest of his career. Not that that's bad because I was like a 9.9, but point being, like, I feel like one made a career with a sustained brilliance. The other is like a, a burning star that just shoots through the sky and then it fizzles out. Where'd he go? I got to set your facts straight. Back in 2004, when Ken Jennings won, yeah. Jeopardy was flying under the radar. It wasn't even that what popular. You? What? Now you've got the smartest of the smart trying to get on the show to <laughs> challenge James Holzhauer. The Elon it's Musk like the, the era, It's like the era of free agency out there now. So the competition that he's been running through yeah. is much stiffer. It's similar to Jack Nicklaus versus Tiger Woods. Right. Jack was winning all his majors when the golf wasn't a worldwide branded game. There weren't all these challengers. Tiger came in. Even though he doesn't have the 18, who do you think is the greatest golfer of all time? Tiger. Now, Jack has the all-time majors. Yeah, yeah correct. See, but, well, you just you notice greatness when you see it. It's I like respect you just watch your one attempt episode. at the an- analogy. I do <laughs> no, not think it's factual I though. All of I do your, not think it's your factual. Own You're analogies. telling me is this is this universally re- like uh, uh, accepted that Jack Nicholas didn't play anybody? Is that is that a universally accepted opinion, or are you, this is just Danny Cannell's opinion? No, no, he only on had right a couple now. challengers. It was Arnold Palmer, a couple guys that were. Arnold Palmer. Palmer was older, so he was giving him a sort of. He's old, got a drink and, a, and an invitational <laughs> named after him. Um, who else was who else was around? Was Sam Snead? Yep, you better Sam, recognize. He's a little right? bit older. Yeah. All right, who else? There was um, some, but there wasn't the type of feel that there is now, like there is in Jeopardy. Lee now. Trevino. Yep. Um, <laughs> That's right. He was a good one. <laughs> All right. All right. Go ahead. Anyway. We are going to get in the OTA discussion in just a minute, but first there is a head coach of the New York Jets, Adam Gase, addressing the media right now. Yeah. So let's listen and see what he has to say in the afternoon we can have our our walkthrough this evening we get a certain amount of time that we can have guys in the building which is extended compared to OTAs so it's just we're our ability to watch practice after practice kind of get everything tightened up get a little more install in and then moving on to the next day and then starting fresh the next day do you anticipate things then because that being ramped up I mean obviously OTAs were pretty spirited but do you anticipate between you and Greg kind of offense versus defense going to be ramped up even more I mean I'm sure guys with you guys out there I'm sure it'll get lively seems like it does you guys bring the best out of everybody you mentioned Le'Veon's unique running style how much of a transition is that for the offensive line in terms of sometimes it'll take a couple of seconds yeah. yeah, it's going to take some time to get used to. I think it's really the biggest, the time that you learn is when we're in pads. When we're in pads, when we actually can, when defenders are fitting up on the linemen and, and kind of that, getting to the second level, that's really the key. It's harder when we're just in <coughs> helmets, you know, because it, there is a little bit, there's more room to run through. When you get in pads, it just it changes the game a little bit. What went into 
All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. That was Adam Gase, uh, right here, talking oh, to the media. Cover those, cover those eyes up, brother. It's, uh, he definitely has something where it's a shy, it's a personality thing, cause I remember that look with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. I actually was at a party on Memorial Day, and I talked to a couple of his old neighbors. Okay. Who lived in his neighborhood. They raved about his wife, his family, and I was like, well, what about him? Right. He was a little different. Like he's just a different cat. And I don't think it's, it's a knock. I, but I do think he's going to struggle with the New York media with his opening press conference. Remember the wide eyes and he was looking yeah, all over a place. Huge. It's a little odd. And when he doesn't have a hat on, I think it makes it even worse. And he kind of does wear it really low and keeps his head down. So oh, yeah. like the lights don't hit his eyes. It's a little bit unique, but he was obviously asked about Le'Veon Bell. So let me give you a little rundown of how things work in the NFL. Oh, go enlighten me. All right, I'm going to tell you how it works in the offseason. Yeah. So it used to be you could come back in March. You would get there, start training. They would have official lifts where you could go lift with the team, yeah. train a couple hours a day. You bounce, you're out of there. Yeah. Then you would have 15 official uh team activities where you would go in, you would get the playbook, you'd have a little bit of a meeting, about right. an hour. You'd go out in the field for a couple hours. You're done around one o'clock, maybe yep. get another lift in. You kind of train. Your day is done. One thirty, two o'clock. Yep. You're out of there. You go to the golf course. Um, and then there's a little bit of time off. This takes course all the entire off season. Right. Then you have training camp, which leads up to the season, obviously. Then the season starts. So over the course of this off season, it used to be March 1st, you could report. Now it's moved back a month to April 1st. Uh, same thing, same amount of 15 OTAs that you have there. Um, the only things that are mandatory. You don't have to be there for that first lift session. You don't have to be there officially for OTAs. Right. Mini camps are mandatory. If you don't show up by the CBA, they can fine you. Yep. Uh, same thing with training camp. Yep. I would say most of the teams that I was on, the OTAs had a hundred percent attendance, attendance or ninety-eight percent attendance. If somebody had a personal issue where you know they had a death in the family, a yeah. sickness, some illness back home. But they were always very, very well attended. But that is not the case. One Le'Veon Bell, he said, you know what? I like training in Miami or South South Florida, wherever he trains there. I'm not going to go there. I, I don't need to train with the team. It's 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 voluntary. Right. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. just signs with the uh, Cleveland Browns. He trains in L.A. He's got his personal trainer. He says, eh, I don't need to be there. It's not mandatory. I'll come from the mini camps, which are all happening right now. They are reporting there. Um, I have a massive problem with these guys thinking they are bigger than the team and that they can just do their own thing is is football a team sport an individual sport you know what name you did not throw in that mix that i thought was interesting (laughs) yes okay one thomas brady correct who chooses not to go to otas these days and just shows up for minicamp okay how many rings does tom brady have Uh, five yeah yeah six doesn't count matter, them, bro. keep counting them. You're on a, They're still is, on the streak to go there. The current version of the Patriots. There's no Gronk. They're moving. They are the most interchangeable. Do they have a new offense, or is it the, the same offense he's run for the last uh, 15 years? Besides the point, homie. No, it's not. That's it, every you said bit it's of the a point. 98, 99 percent like uh, uh, attendance rate. Yep. The 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 the, the paradigm is there shifting. Is a bro. There's a new the, the 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 norm is new now. You have to accept this. You sound like an old curmudgeon, right? Like no, I don't sound like do. an old curmudgeon. I sound like, like oh, you gotta be at the OTAs. The OTAs. If you're not at the OTAs, you ain't bought in on this team. Like it's, no, because it's, you have it's it. eleven you guys have playing <laughs> football together. It's the most like get out of here, bro. Like these dudes. Tom Brady's like, forty two years old. He can go train wherever he wants. Costa Rica at his place down there, wherever he wants to do. Odell Beckham is the most gifted wide receiver in the NFL Agreed. right now. He's insane. Why 
can't he train in South? Because he needs to learn the offense. That's my biggest problem. Has he ever been? Has there ever been a? a, 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 a is there ever been an indictment made about o, uh, Odell? I was about to say OJ. <laughs> there was a couple um, that he can't rem- remember his plays, or he doesn't. He's not good at no, learning. no. So don't worry about him. So here's where, in all seriousness, I don't think it's the biggest deal, but I do think it sends a negative message to your new bosses. Yeah. So Le'Veon Bell was just given a four-year, fifty million dollar deal with the New York Jets, somewhere in the round there. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, the and then first offseason, at least wait till the second year. And, and then the head coach impression. got the general manager fired because he didn't want <laughs> Le'Veon Bell. You think that sends a good message to the no, athlete? No, that's why we're sitting there mocking the Jets and they're a disaster. But if you, the, and especially Odell Beckham Jr. too. So both of these guys have been criticizing the media for various decisions. Le'Veon Bell chose to sit out the entire season. Uh, financially, it was a really dumb move. I think he cost himself $14.5 Uh, But that's besides the point. Odell Beckham... Negative criticism uh, has followed him throughout his career in New York. He just got a brand new deal with the Giants a year before, and they ship him out because they said enough of him in the locker room. I think he could have done himself a solid by going at least to just report there and go through these the first year. If it's year two, then I understand. They have a new coach. They have a young quarterback. They have a lot of young players on this team. It just sends the wrong message where it would be really easy for you to go to go through the OTAs, there's only 15 of them. There are only 15. Practices. I think you're making the assumption that these dudes just didn't go, and no one was made aware of the fact that they weren't going to be there, and there were no conversations had with 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 the brass that they weren't going to be there. So people were blindsided, and they're like, "Oh my God!" We're well, I don't think they there. were blindsided, but that doesn't mean they weren't happy. Well, that's okay. But if I've called you and said, "Look, here are the reasons why I'm not coming to this OTA," all right, right? and I'm and here it is, and let me talk, let me let you talk to the guy who I'm working out with. Yep, and I'll let you see. And I've like if there is a communication there. While they may not love it, as long as you're getting your work in, I think, you know. But here's they, where these are grown men. So like, here's where you can't get the work because I, oh, I, no one has ever questioned Odell Beckham's physical fitness, right. his you know level when he comes to play, he's ready to play physically, right? Um, and like you said, they haven't had a real challenge with uh, him picking up the playbook or studying the playbook. But this is when you learn the playbook, so he's going to be behind his teammates and everybody else. Because you're not running them. You're not getting out there and practice with them. You're not getting those kind of chemistry, the timing down with Baker Mayfield, who's coming off this incredible season. Oh, Baker Mayfield, throw me the damn ball. <laughs> if you're Le'Veon Bell, like you, you're talking about two of the best in the league at their positions. If you were talking right. about, if you were talking about a young, let me uh, put it this way. Yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. These these are Tom Brady's to some degree without without the rings. They they are the True. best in their like exactly. But the first year. So let me tell you that. Let me ask you this scenario. Let's say Odell Beckham. He says, you know what? Hey, I got my trainer. I'm going to stay out here. I would assume Freddie Kitchens, the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, his first year. I'm assuming he has Odell's phone number that he picked up the phone and said, hey, what's going on? You're going to train? He's like, yeah, I'm going to be in good shape. What if Freddie Kitchens said, hey, this is your first year here. We really could use you here because I could I could envision that scenario i know you don't have to be here right but we would love to have you just kind of show some leadership to take ownership and you go to do something special and you go and i i don't know if that happened but when freddie kitchens comes out and says to the media that he has missed him a lot by skipping all the otas except for one uh specifically the offense about what would he like to see out of him next week and he says i just want to see him and he said he's missed a lot there is a disconnect there, communication-wise. Well, hey, well, then you know what I would say to Freddie Kitchens? Man up and tell that man you need him in the building. 
Like, cause he didn't come out and he say, can't. well, you know why? Cause the CBA says you can't require them to be there, well, which is again, a that's issue. another problem with the CBA. Yeah, issue, man. It's but not. anytime you have players that are kind of taking advantage of the CBA and saying, Hey, it doesn't say mandatory, which it doesn't. It is voluntary. You know who takes advantage, makes a joke you know who takes of advantage it. of the CBA way more than the three guys the you're owners? talking about? Yes. <laughs> owners. Like, but that's more, where the coach way more beneficial for them. That's where the coaches get caught in the middle. Yeah. Cause they get, this drives them nuts. Cause they would have you there the minute the season ends and they would have you, well, you have to all that's the what offseason. you're protecting against right? right like you're protecting against that rogue coach or that old school coach that like i talked about when i came into the nba my two a days with jerry sloan were were you know two and a half hours in the morning of just grueling physical work you, you got like two hours in the middle to grab a lunch and grab a nap and then two and a half hours in the afternoon you couldn't even feel your feet during day three you do that for seven eight days like you they're guarding against that they realize now that more isn't always better do you know what i mean so that, yes. i mean to some degree they have to guard against that old school coach that might have you there all year long you know what you do when you're the goat you post videos of yourself working so everybody knows how hard you Odell was doing that no he's not the goat. Bell. he's not the goat show him the goat that's when tom brady and you know what else you do oh. you put on your pads and your helmet because oh. that's the type of work you get done oh. out in the oh, beach in hawaii in oh oh look at you <laughs> on the fake grass oh this is oh. epic you know how much i hated training in pads like only was i was going to do it if it was required he's right. out there doing it voluntarily to go out there form good habits good for and repeat you. every day Bottom line in all of this, with that. we may differ in our opinion, but I guarantee you a young Rajah Bell would have been at the voluntary OTAs. Guaranteed. You know you would have been. But the operative word in that was a young Rajah Bell. Any young player trying to They're get on. They're still young. No, no, These no, guys no, are no, babies. No, no, no. These dudes are stars. They're three or four years in the league. They ain't done nothing yet. Odell Beckham Jr. is the only football player that has a signature Nike shoe. I think I can say that as a fact. I know Cam Newton has an Under Armour joint. Yep. And Russell Westbrook, like they kind of, des- I mean, Russell Wilson, they design like a Nike. But, but it ain't o- his own shoe. It ain't his own shoe. Odell Beckham Jr. is a bona fide, certified, what do they call it, verified that star. star. He is not a young Rajah Bell needed to make a team. Believe that. should have been wearing those signature shoes as in training. Cleveland <laughs> at OTAs. All you right. know what they need to worry about? Real what? talk more than Odell Beckham. Um, Baker Mayfield being in Twitter battles with people. <laughs> like that would concern me more than Odell Beckham Jr. not being at, at OTAs. All right, we we agreed to disagree. To disagree. CBS Friday TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free, lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness. Go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. It says when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale Friday 9 8 Central on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. We're going to have Will Middlebrooks join us uh, later okay. in the week, yeah. um, former baseball player. Yeah. He's doing some work with here, breaking down uh, MLB for us. I want to ask him about the trend of bat flips. This is not in our script, but I did notice a very disturbing trend. Again, my official stance on bat flips, occasionally, if the moment justifies it, okay with it. Right. I just don't want it to become what it has. So college baseball is you, going on. You, you didn't mind that one then. All right, I know where you're going. Go, go. So there was Texas A&M was playing West Correct. Virginia. Correct. They're down three runs. Bottom of the bottom Bases of the are loaded. Whatever. Yep, yep. I think it was bottom of the ninth. Two, two Texas strikes. Texas A&M comes up. You have two strikes. I don't even know the count. It was. It was. It was, it was like the last pitch of the dramatic game. Dramatic dude hits a grand slam walk off home run. They were down three. Advance his team to the super regionals, 
It was in, I think he did. You no, know, uh, he did, definitely did. Yeah. They were down three runs, like it was the last pitch and he stroked Dude it. Dude tosses his bat, totally okay with that. That is not what I'm talking about. I am disturbed by the trend because they're all over the place and dudes are hitting home runs in the second, third inning and chucking them up. There was one where they almost hit the umpire and the catcher because he just tossed it up and forgot where to look for it. Right. They're tossing them further than you ever have. In women's softball in the College World Series, you had this one girl spike it. It almost hit the other dugout yeah. going the other way. It's become a, hey, I can bat flip better than you. And it's just, it's very disturbing. Very disturbing trend because somebody's going to get hurt and it's going to trickle down to high school. Everybody's flipping bats all over the place instead of just playing the sport as it's supposed to be played. I'm all right with banning the bat flip if you ban um hitting someone with a ball. If we can agree, <laughs> we right. agree on that. Wait a second. Ban you can't the... prevent that all the well, time. Well, listen, if, if you do that, yep, then there's got to be a repercussion, like an immediate ejection from the game, even if it's a slip. Right? <laughs> even if it's a slip and you're not allowed to be in a player for any reason. Any reason, bat flip, it's gone. But you can't use that ball to inflict pain on somebody intentionally. I'm totally fine with that. Period. You cannot do it intentionally. I'm totally fine and with that. And if you do it accidentally, because I don't know how I can discern whether well, it's intentional. Well, you can tell when the bat flip is intentional. So it's gone. All right. But with the pitch, if you hit somebody with the pitch, even accidentally, you're out. You got to go. You I don't bit. know if I would concede that. I'm by not suspending way. you, but you got to leave. By the way, this is karma. Yeah. Texas A&M did not win. They lost to Duke. Uh, they didn't even make it to the uh, Super Regional. They lost Sunday night. It's tough. Doubleheader. The win against uh, it was a West phenomenal. Virginia. Hey, did and you see? Did you see the young this lady? lady really good college baseball. I think she was from UCLA. Who pitched? She pitched like ten shutout innings. Yeah, and then she stepped up and rocked one. It was a foul ball, and then she and then the next pitch, like it was really controversial though, because the third baseman was just beyond the bag. It would have been an out. It would have ended the game. Oh, really? She called it foul. She got another swing at it, and she stroked it. Rachel Garcia from yeah. UCLA. Uh, college baseball and college uh, softball are a lot of fun to watch. They are. Uh, I got to cover those, and it was a, a really good time. And maybe we'll get some some of that tomorrow because I don't know what we're going to get to with oh. no sporting events going on tonight. You know, when I was when I was a youngin, like I lived at University of Miami, I used to stand. Um, what's there? What is it? Alice Rodriguez Stadium? Yeah, now? yeah. Mark Light Stadium. Back then yeah. it was Mark Light. Yeah. I used to stand on the track. Uh, you know, it was back by the Hex Center there, yep. and it uh it it. it uh, a buddy, or a, it was right back to back with the, the baseball field, and I'd stand out there and I'd wait for like Charles Johnson and those dudes to hit yeah. bombs, and I'd just gather all the balls and take them. I didn't even really, it was just my thing. I couldn't get in, so I'd just stand out there in the dark and wait for them to hit bombs over. Do you know what Mark Light Stadium is famous for? Something in the concession stand? They have the best milkshakes. Do they really? All of baseball, any major league stadium, any college baseball stadium, Mark Light Stadium shakes. They're I, the best. I used to run those stadium steps like to get in shape for five star and stuff. Why like, you, oh, because the Orange Bowl was too. The far. Orange Bowl, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when they were looking for me, I'd be over there just running the steps out there in the heat. Just yeah, me. yeah, good stuff. All right, you know who's not running any stadium steps tonight <laughs> is Clay Thompson. Right, uh, but he might be able to take the court tomorrow night mm. because the report comes out, the injury mm. update. Uh, they confirmed a hamstring strain, yeah. likely questionable for game three. But they did say it was a mild, uh, hamstring strain. Uh, Steve Kerr after game two said Clay said he'd be fine, but he could be half dead and he said he's, he say he's fine. Of course, he pulled his hamstring and he thinks it's minor. We'll see. I have a question for you. Yeah. All right. So he's obviously limping around that game. He's obviously not going to be a hundred percent. I don't think so. When you're making this decision to play, I think Clay Thompson's going to want to play. I think he's going to want to go out there and say, you know what? I'm good, no matter how questionable he is, no matter what percentage he is. Right. If you're the Warriors, if you're Steve Kerr and the medical staff, do you say to yourself when you're making this decision, you know what? We're 1-1. We probably shouldn't be. We probably should be down 2-0. 
Let's rest him this game to make sure that we have him for the last four games as opposed to bringing him back a little bit too early. Maybe he can play, but he could be hindered for the next for the rest of the series because we force him back too soon. There are a few things in play there. Um First of all, I don't know that a coach is ever really – their mind is there. A coach is like, look, if Danny tells me he can play and I need Danny, He's we're playing. rolling Danny out there. Now, someone in that front office may be approaching this subject to try to figure out if they need to make a call to protect the player or to protect – you know, lose the lose the what battle to win the war type of scenario. Yep. Um, but I don't know that at the coaching level they do that. They're trying to win games, right? And while, yeah, you stole the game – if Clay Thompson isn't ready to play in game three, game four is, there's only a day rest, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know that a hamstring heals magically in one day. So now you're talking about maybe missing him for three and four. Four is a must win if you give away game two. And I'm telling you, I said it yesterday. If you don't have Clay and you don't have Kevin Durant, you're losing game three. You're losing it. And game four becomes a virtual must win for Golden State. And I'm, I'm saying that I don't know if Clay can't play in game three that you're just going to roll him out in game four on a day's rest. You know what I mean? So I, I, I see where you're coming from. I think someone might be having that conversation, but I feel like if Clay can give you 85%, he's an 85% because a hamstring's a little different than the calf. If it, right. it's not pulled really bad, you can survive and, and, and not like, Play on it for a while. Like if you're, if now you could make it worse. Right. But you could, in theory, play on it and not make it worse. So I would probably play Clay and trust the player. Um, you know, I'd have to watch him get up and down a little bit and just make sure he could, could. When they confirmed that it was a mild strain, that to me says he's playing. Yeah. You know what else says he's playing? The Warriors are favored by five and a half. That tells you all you need to know. And they got people, they got sources. I think they have doctors and stuff on the payroll to show them that he's going to go. Uh, now, now here, now here's another scenario. Sorry, keep your thought. If you told me, you, it's guaranteed, right? I'm in there watching it. Like say I'm in the front office, right? Yep. And I'm watching the practice court every day. And like, we don't know this, but let's say Kevin Durant's been shooting jump shots for like four days. Yeah. He hadn't been cleared to play yet, but let's say he's been jumping, he's close. jumping and he's really close. And you're saying, Hey, listen, Kevin Durant is a definite for game four. Then I think you sit him. That, and if, if and if Clay's is really mild, right? You could make a case for, all right, they'll both come back game four. And yeah, and then you're pretty much definitely going to win that. that like that could, that could be a conversation being had behind closed doors, but generally coaches, and you're talking about, these ain't regular season games, Danny. These are, these are hard to come by, man. These are win or go home games. So right. coaches typically, if a guy, if a guy says he can play, like when I had my calf, everybody, all the trainers were like, no, Mike D'Antoni was like, can you run? <laughs> like, you <laughs> right. know what I mean? They're trying to win them. <laughs> Uh, Clay Thompson never missed a playoff game during his NBA career. I think that probably, I mean, it speaks a lot about him. Yeah, he's tough. I wonder if that comes into play. I don't want to ever miss one. I want to be able to go out there and play. Probably not. He's either going to play, he's going to make leg- a decision not, based on how he feels. Yeah, it's not going to be a legacy streak. of whether or not he, yeah, is keeping a streak alive, but he's a competitor. He wants to play and he realizes championships are on the line right now. All right, welcome back to Kennell and Bell. So you know, you just found out the tradition in St. Louis. I asked Pete Blackburn about this earlier a few weeks ago about them playing Gloria yeah. after every home game. Yeah. I thought it's like the most yeah. fitting song for St. Louis. Uh, you know, like, no, it's them. Is that the right words though? Or are I you mixing know, two no. songs from the 80s in there? Gloria. All right. As much as I would love to listen to you sing, and we might get fined if you sing too many. Oh, true, too true, true, true. But I get them all wrong. So we're going to. That's true. Anyway. All right. We got to get our guy Pete Blackburn in here to help us break down the uh, Stanley Cup finals, which are tied up 2-2. It's been a really entertaining series so far. Uh, Pete, I thought, 
I think SEC fans hate me on Twitter more than anything in the world, but there's a little birdie told me that St. Louis Blues fans might hate you more than that. How bad has it been? Uh, it's been pretty bad. Uh, you know, I think there's a, there's a pocket of St. Louis fans that are tolerable, but you know, to, to the most part, it's, it's not been fun for me as a Bruins fan, but I mean, I, I welcome in that sort of, uh, that sort of hatred and, and I think it makes it more fun. So I, I sort of ask for it. Okay. So it is deserved then. You are okay no, with dude, that. dude, yeah, listen. Always. St. Louis has I'm great Boston, people. Come on. <laughs> great I'm people. Boston, the so Liebs. I, I got Grandma Ruby out there. She used to send me blankets for all my kids. Like I, I really? yes, dude, come on. Repeat. <laughs> Blasphemous, bro. But I mean, St. Louis fans, sports fans, they, they're little known for being intolerable, especially Cardinals fans. Come on. <laughs> That's going from a Boston fan. Shots, all right? Boston. That's oh, the pot gonna, calling gonna, the kettle black. Clip that off and make sure we send that to our <laughs> uh, St. Louis listeners that are out there. All right, so we have the series got evened up last night, uh, 2-2 uh, with a 4-2 game, 4 win. Uh, it's the first home Stanley Cup win in St. Louis in franchise history. They bounced back really impressive after that game three beatdown. What was uh, your takeaway after watching that game? Well, I mean, the Blues got back to playing smart hockey. And, and, you know, you look at what happened in Game 3, it was a case of that team being extremely undisciplined. Uh, the Bruins help hold the advantage in special teams in this series, so the Blues can't afford to keep putting them on the power play. So they played a smarter game in Game 4. They got back to, uh, you know, playing defensive hockey, and they did a really, really good job of limiting time and space for the Bruins. They clogged the neutral zone. They didn't allow too much. The Bruins aren't getting anything from their stars. They get zero points at even strength from from their top six forwards. So uh, the credit to the Blues, they're getting performances from their top guys, and, and they're shutting down the Bruins on the other end. Hey, Pete, let me ask you. This is like two-part question. Because uh, rookie uh, goalie Jordan Bennington bounced back from a tough game three. Um, how impressive was his effort in game four? And, you know, in the NBA, you don't typically see rookies having that big of an impact on on big stages in the finals. Is this a rare thing for hockey, or is this an outlier, or, or is it a typical thing for, for those young players to be having these stages? Well, I mean, it, it's it's a bit out of the ordinary to see a rookie goaltender be this important to a team uh, in, in the postseason. And Bennington's been the story for St. Louis for the whole second half of the year. And, and uh, you mentioned the good bounce-back performance. That's something that he's done pretty regularly throughout the course of this season. Uh, you know, he's pretty good after losses. His save percentage is above 930 uh, coming off of a loss. So he's a guy that, you know, sort of embodies what this team is. It's You know, there's a lot of resilience there. And, and you know, this team is really good at being able to bounce back and recover. Um, they don't often have two really bad games in a row. So, uh, you know, I, I've been somewhat impressed by him. I think that he's he's fluctuated a bit. He's been beatable. I don't think that he's needed to be dominant or great in this series because the defense in front of him has been so solid. So, you know, I think that he's been fine, and that's all they really need him to be to this point. All right, Pete. So this series has been really tough if you tried to gamble it because it's been kind of all over the place. Boston came in. They were the heavy favorite. Then they end up losing one of their games at home. Then you get the blowout. Like, it's just hard to figure out. As they go back to uh, back to Boston, who do you think holds the edge now? Well, honestly, I think the edge, a lot of the trends point to St. Louis because, you know, Zdeno Chara got knocked out of the lineup in game four, and it looks like he might have a broken jaw. That's a speculation, and that could keep him out for game five. Um, and, you know, obviously, again, they're playing better at five on five, which is a, you know, a big boost if they're able to play smart and stay out of the box. 
the, the Blues should have the advantage there. But you mentioned it. This series has been super unpredictable, and the Bruins are going to be at home in Game 5. So, honestly, the trend's pointing in, in favor of, of the Blues. Might be a good sign for Boston and to jump on Boston because this series has been that unpredictable that it's just like a, you know anything-goes sort of feel. All right, Pete. Raza and I – go ahead. Yeah, my bad. I do want to ask you a question because I know the Gloria jokes and all that. I had to look up the words. I, there is a line in there that says, Gloria, Gloria, I think they got your number. So I wasn't that far off. Right. But how did you get into beef with them over to Gloria? Can you just explain that to me? Because I'm not on Twitter or anything like that. How did that happen? Yeah, last last series in the Western Conference Final, uh, we had been talking about how great Gloria was and, and how fun that seems to be. Uh, and, and as a Bruins fan, I was jealous that the Bruins didn't have a song like that. So I was like, okay, we're going to try to find a song for the Bruins. And ultimately, it was just decided that you can't beat Gloria, so we're going to take it and we're going to share Gloria with the Blues. Uh, and the Blues fans did not take kindly to Word. that. Word. Okay, all right. Good for them. It's yeah. kind of like the turnover chain. Like in, with Miami, I hated that Florida State tried to do the backpack, the turnover backpack, or anybody else tried to knock off the Nah, chain. but I respect Pete's it. gangster, though. He didn't try to, like, reinvent it. He <laughs> just took theirs. Like, yeah, like, that's it's, it. It's ours now. It's, yeah. We're taking it. It's ours. If we win this series, it, it belongs to us. It's sort of like the, the, like the Red Sox taking uh, New York, New York during their series <laughs> against the Yankees last year. I mean, that was the best part of the Red Sox playoff run, that they were just able to jack that beloved thing <laughs> from a rival. That's fantastic. You know what else is gangster? Uh, the air tie. God, Pete, is there, a, is there an age limit tie. on the air tie with the no tie just buttoned up all the way to the top? Can we pull that oh, off? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys can do it, but I'm sure killing it right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, good stuff from Pete Blackburn. Uh, if you're in St. Louis, take it easy on him or just keep throwing shade his way. I think he kind of likes it. Thanks a lot, Pete. You bet. All right. We'll get you on next week to help us uh, wrap up the Stanley Cup Bro, final. He took shots at, uh, at, Everyone. at St. Louis, at hold Yankees back. fans. We don't like, hold back. At you we like and him. me. <laughs> exactly. Pull off an air tie, bro. Exactly. That's why we like him. That's why we like having him on here. So good stuff from him. Uh, game five is tomorrow night, I believe, uh, in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, we talked last week a little bit about the NFL, uh, the interest in going to an 18 game schedule. You I think see, I told you that, what? You didn't see that, did you? What? You didn't see that subtle slide? No. Oh, you just slided, you slid Anita, away. I got you. Oh, really? Oh, no, yeah, no, she told me I was supposed to slide for the, for the three box, right? I had to oh, slide yeah. that way. Okay. And the professional I am, I was able to kind of slide, you know, slickly, relatively slickly over to the left. Janita actually appreciated because she was in my ear. Nice. Nice. Good job by you. Thank you. A little pat on my back. <laughs> Last week we talked about the NFL potentially yeah. going to 18 regular season games. I told you I thought that it was all setting up because the players have always hated the preseason. There yeah. are four games. It's too many. Mm -hmm. We haven't really heard the NFL come out and really form a strong opinion on this one, but that changed as Roger Goodell was giving an interview while he was at Jim Kelly's charity golf tournament, um, said, I feel that we should be doing uh, what we should be doing is always to the highest quality. I'm not sure preseason games meet that level right now. I'm not sure, talking with coaches, that four preseason games is necessary anymore to get ready for a season to evaluate players, develop players. There are other ways of doing that. We've had a lot of discussions about that. What he is referencing, the reason there were always four preseason games, and we were talking about OTAs earlier, yeah. how they come in in March, it wasn't always like that. Players would show up in July and say, all right, we got to get ready to play a season. So right. they needed four preseason games. To learn an offense, to, you know, make decisions on who's going to make 53 man roster. Right. Everyone and their brother realizes you're not going to do that. The preseason becomes a mockery when starters only play a series or two a game. 
And the big losers are really the fans. That's who loses out the most because most teams, if you're going to buy season tickets, oh yeah, by the way, you have to buy two preseason games. Um, they're televised, so a lot of the TV deals come with those, and it just puts a bad product uh, out there which I think is very self-aware that Roger Goodell is saying, hold on a second, we don't need these. Stop. What? Stop. What? You don't, you think, you think he's lying? No, I don't think he's lying. I think he's trying to get more games so he can get more money. I think he's just a money grab by the NFL. You don't believe him when he says we want to give fans great value? uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, if we can make, all right, look, here's the deal. I have mixed emotions about preseason games. I, I agree that you know, while the whole off season, uh, has changed, it, it would shorten the need for, for your, your, your four preseason games. Like you could cut those to two. I do think there'll be people affected by that. Like some of the guys that are playing their hearts out in, in some of those preseason games. Like if you don't have the first two where your starters don't play, mm-hmm. well, do any of those guys that are, that are trying to make a team that are coming out of nowhere on special teams, do they even get the platform to really surprise people? Do you know what I mean? Those yeah. first two games are for me. Like that was those were the games where I got to play. But when I was in the preseason, you know, with the Hawks and with San Antonio, like my only canvas, if you will, was like the first two preseason games because that's all I was going to play. So that's where I was able to make my splash. So I think it affects them. But I do agree for the for the team and the guys that are going to be you the, know, the wear and tear on your body. The that it's actually but a bad product. When I, you watch I, it. I think you're talking out of both sides of your neck when you're the NFL, right? Like mm-hmm. you or. or you, you don't get to say we're concerned with player health and player safety and what these guys are looking like as they get older um, in one breath. And then in the next breath, turn around and say, yeah, I'm going to add two more meaningful beat you up type of games and then possibly another wild card game because you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't think you get to say both of those. It's uh, hypocritical. I agree. I, I was one of those guys. I had to always try to make the team right. by having good preseason performance because that was my time to, uh, to, to kind of you don't get on the field as a quarterback. You right. don't play two quarterbacks. So I had to do it then. My hunch would be they go back to two games. You'll see less and less of Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. Right now they play sparingly. I think they might get a series in the first game and maybe a series in the second one. And then you would just let all the scrubs go out there. And they would still get some reps. I don't say scrubs. No, I know. But I was a scrub. Like, I'm okay with admitting that. Affectionately calling them scrubs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they have they serve a purpose. They have a role in the team. So... You know, you still get a paycheck when you. I hear you. So you're saying I think your you would see starters less. were getting really minimal action. Period. Yeah, because and you know why? Because the money is so great right now. It's always been a lot of money, but it is so but, important. People see the value of what happens if you lose a guy, a running that, back, a wide receiver, a quarterback, any position. But the trickle down effect of that is like your first two regular season games are going to be poopy because everybody's going to be. They already are though. Because no one's no one really does that much in the regular season, yeah. so they're already kind of sloppy All early right. in the season. Okay, so that's why I think the NFL is looking at it, saying, "Well, what's the difference? I Let's just you. cut these out." Uh, but I do think they'll use that as leverage to get another couple regular season yeah. games. Uh, we'll keep you posted on that. All right, welcome back to Kinell and Bell. Uh, did you ever have your own logo? What? Did you ever play around and make your own logo? Yeah. What? Bro, yes, yes, I have a logo. Oh, you do, currently. you do, and I played around and made that. Whoa, logo. Wait, wait, wait a second! Like you okay. have hats and stuff. I, there is merch out there somewhere. What does it look like? Uh, you can find this on eBay. It didn't sell very well. <laughs> Most of it's in my attic. Now, did you like you made hats, shirts, stuff like shirts, that, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Ash, what did uh, it incorporate? Your Ashley initials? Smith was like my publicist, right when I got like a little hot with was that the Kobe the Bowl, thing. Right? Yeah, Ashley's good people, man. She was like, "Let's ride, let's go, let's yep. get the website up, let's put the merch out." Like my parents will still rock an RB, like <laughs> right. Shirt. So it was initials. Like, yeah, it was. That would have always been with a crown, though. Like it was a crown. It was an R and a B. My um, my sister-in-law. 
It means king. Like you're That's exalted. where it comes right. from, right? See where I'm Correct. Thinking. Yeah, you're that. on it. So <laughs> Sandy, God bless her, is a graphic designer. So she does all of our logos and stuff like that. She created it. It was cool. It was a cool logo. The shoots were cool. Did you copyright it? The shirts were cool. The shirt, the shorts that I Bring a shirt for your boy here. Right? Not in copyright. Nobody wanted it, bro. Like I wasn't like. But I, you never know down the road. What if Canel and Bell blows up? Like you might all of a sudden there might be a huge market for that, uh, RB with the crown on it. You never know. Locked in the attic. Don't so you, nobody know what it is. All right, but you better you better get him copyrighted. Somebody's all right, fair steal enough, it. fair enough. Because that is what happened to Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. So he has his claw logo, claw. which I had not really seen before. It's not like it was that popular. Have you seen it before? Like, were you really aware of the logo? Yeah. I wasn't either. Uh, apparently, this all kind of started when the LA Clippers. Can we show the logo? I don't know. I would assume it's out there somewhere. Do you I don't have think it, Coca? Can we that. put it up I don't there? Think we have to pay anybody for that? Oh, we right, don't anyway. have it. Good all job, Coca. Way to be on it. Um. So they come out with the logo. The Clippers, yeah. who are in the market for Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard, they were trying to acquire it. Shiesty. Nike then does acquire it. New Balance, who is Kawhi Leonard's new shoe company. Oh, whoa, 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 wait. Nike acquired it or Nike had it? Let me read it to you. Yeah. Because it's not so shiesty if everyone's in play for the logo. Nike told Leonard earlier this year to stop using the logo, the lawsuit said. Leonard is preparing to use the logo on, quote, clothing lines, footwear, and other products, and among other things in connection with sports camps and charity functions. you got to throw that in there. So of course. That for you. Yes, He's definitely using right. it on shoes and swag. New and balance. For New Balance. Um, they tried... So the Clippers tried buying away the rights to the logo from Nike. So from Nike. Nike owns the logo. Correct. Everyone else is trying to get it, and they're having a problem doing so. Um, I think he's going to be out of luck, or they're going to have, to, or New Balance is going to have to pay Nike a bunch of money Correct. to get that logo back that because it's worthless right now. Nike can't do anything with it. I think the more interesting topic is why the hell the Clippers were in play for Kawhi. Like, <laughs> well, there you <laughs> now. Why the and hell are what you else? They're admitting on my logo. Well, what else makes it really interesting is Doc Rivers was doing some broadcasting. He goes on there, compares Kawhi Leonard to Michael Jordan, yeah. which is about as nice a thing as you can say yeah. out there. I take that fine. Yeah, he took the $50,000 yeah, fine from Adam Silver, said he there was a line that's drawn and he clearly crossed that line. So it does seem like the Clippers are out there dabbling and their fingers around in everybody else's business well, trying to get to the bottom of this. What's that 50 racks? They find the Clippers, right? Yeah. What's the 50 racks? Actually, it was Doc Rivers himself. Oh, they find Doc. Yeah, 50 grand. All right, so yeah, that's a little bit. But Doc's But, yeah, like, he's making four or five a year, isn't yeah, he? He's got to be. And been making it for two decades, so yes. like, he's, he's fine. Jump change. Um, yeah, that's a little slight. Don't do that anymore. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> like, if you're Kawhi, right, do you... Like, are you annoyed that the Clippers are in there bidding on your logo? Like, I know that you want me to come for the Clippers. And I, oh, imagine, I'm definitely annoyed because I ain't signed the dotted line yet. Yeah, like, what the hell are you doing bidding on my logo? Like, I know that, like... Unless it's a done deal already. Unless it's a done deal already. That's where it gets interesting. Because yeah. if he ends up signing the Clippers, we'll all be able to look back and say, why didn't we see this? Yeah. If you're not, and your mind is clear, you don't know if you're going to stay in Toronto, you don't know if you're going to go to the Lakers, you don't, and they're going to use that and hold it over your head... Yeah. In the negotiation, what? then I'm ticked off. Then I'm like, screw Correct. you guys. Like I'm what, not- what happens? Let's say the Clippers get it. They extract it from Nike. Right. Right. They're like, yo, Kawhi. Kawhi yeah. Look, we're going to build this. You know, we, we got the logo, baby. It's all ready to go. And he's like, nah, I'm going to the Lakers. What do they do with the logo? Like, what do you gift it to him? Like, the heck it, no, because they're like, going to be ticked off. He didn't sign with you. I mean, that's shady. Like, I'm not really shady. Why? I'm, hey, bro. Unless, unless it's, it's already a done deal. deal. <laughs> Voila. And there you have be, it, right? Which it could be. Pulled the whole uh, sheet back on the whole thing. Exactly. We might have had it all figured out, uh, just because of a logo that was out there. You know who I don't think needs a logo, but he does? You've seen Nick Nurse's hats that he wears after the games? What? 
Oh yeah, he's got a logo. Does he really? Yeah, watch him every press conference, all blackout, like kind of blacked out. N N on it. That's unacceptable. Why? You had one. Oh, just, I said I drew one. I played. <laughs> he coaches. It would get no need no damn logo. You're a coach. <laughs> I think it's pretty. That false. can't be his own logo, dude. Oh, it I, definitely that's is. Definitely not his logo, bro. Coca, can we confirm that it is his logo? Find me another coach in any profession that didn't. There's play no other and company like, out there that's NN. That's ridiculous. Doesn't Phil Jackson that's the most have some eleven rings? I've ever. What? Doesn't Phil Jackson have some eleven rings logo or something? Maybe because like he's a he's an author and stuff like that. Maybe. See? Well, Nick Nurse might write some books down the road too. He's got his logo ready to go. Nick Nurse is a first year head coach that made his bones in every other league other than the NBA. Never, never played. There's no reason for that man to have a logo. I'm, I'm putting a stamp on that. Nick Nurse, if you got a damn logo, you know which logo I loved and I wore all the time when I played in New York. What? So my initials DK. Oh, Donna Karen. D-K-N-Y. In fact, in my rap with the Beastie Boys, one of the lyrics was, I'm D-K from N-Y, even though I grew up in South Florida. But, but it was kind of like Vanilla Ice. He's not even from South Florida, but he's a Hurricane fan. It is a, we have confirmed, it is a Nick Nurse logo. Confirmed. That is so, okay, can we? It's dope. I like it. Can I? I'm going to order one online. Have you ever heard, all jokes aside, and I'm not going to be yelling and acting a fool like I normally do in here. What? Please tell me another coach in any professional sport that didn't have a playing career that warranted the logo that has their own logo. It's unprecedented. It it's is. Maybe it's smart. It's unnecessary. It's a moneymaker. Those things are probably flying off the shelves in Get Toronto. the hell out of here. He's selling no Nick Nurse hats. Oh, okay. That'd be like my RBs. Like, good for you. You're right. going to sell them right now in the moment in Toronto, yep. and ain't nobody ever buying them again. You never know. What if oh, you I know. If you oh, I know. That first championship, no it'll nope. be off the charts. All right, tomorrow in Toronto, only in Toronto, yes. and only right now. They're gonna blow up. They're gonna be going off the shelves. And logo, Nick Nurse. When we're back tomorrow, you know what we're gonna talk about the SEC. SEC football has done something that I agree with. We don't have time oh, I was today. Say, you should troll their fans today, just so we can really have something. To All right, about. maybe I'll do something. that. Wait till you hear me go off on the SEC tomorrow, right here on Canel and Bell. <laughs>